Hello and welcome to the Legends of Loam. I'm your host and game master, Jonathan Banner. This is our third bonus episode and Willa's Session Zero. One thing to know, during these Session Zeros, our main characters got a free nat 20 that they could use at any point during the session to auto-succeed any d20 roll, be it an attack or a saving throw or a skill check. Not much to say about this episode, so let's get right on into it. starts with the camera going swiftly over the ocean, and the camera pulls up to reveal a large city sitting in a harbor. The city looks meticulously planned out. As the camera goes over the city and over the streets, we see that the city was built in concentric circles spreading out. Every time that the city needed to expand, another ring was added to the city. The streets are lined up in symmetrical paths. The buildings, they're not the same in every block, but the blocks are all the same. And as the camera flies from one part of the city to the next, we see changes in the architecture, the building materials, the structure. The center of the city, the head of the government for the city, is a large, tall building. Great number of windows, very uh, majestic, and looks very expensive. As the camera goes away from this center point in town, we see the... um, we see the quality of the housing, the quality of the building start to, to suffer, to start to drop, till at the very edge of the cities, there's the slums. There are some permanent buildings here, but they are, they are more often buildings made up of different materials thrown together. It is in one of these random half put together, half ready to fall. We find our our main character for this prologue. We see the outside of this building and we see a, a large hooded figure step into the makeshift house and the camera follows him in. Inside, we see through the eyes of this character, three people waiting around a table. So. You are sitting around this table. Your main contact, the person who more or less hired you for this job, is the one who walked in the door. His name is Kurt Bredham. Okay. Have I ever met him before? He was... I think you were introduced to him by your foster parents. Probably. It was probably your foster dad who actually, like, introduced you to him, but you know just in the back of your head that it's probably your foster mom who set this up. The three of you are all sitting around this table. We have Willa, who is a halfling. Do you want to give any brief description of her or anything? Um, I realize I didn't do that with Matt's <laughs> character, but he's a minotaur and I'm pretty sure people... That's pretty distinct. Yeah. You know, he's a righteous cow. 
Yeah. Yeah, I think we got the summary there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm a halfling. I'm fairly small and nondescript. Brown curly hair. I change my appearance as needed for whatever I'm doing, so it may vary. Sounds great. Sitting also beside her at the table, there's a gnome. He's got all sorts of gizmos and gadgets and just stuff in pockets and what looks like a rucksack that he hoists on his back and carries it around. Joel's going to play that, and that is Jarek Brave Delver. Just wave. <laughs> no, I did thumbs up. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, just saw, I just saw movement out of the corner of my eyes, and I thought you did like a wave. Okay. And Matt's going to play... Um, Brintley Winters. Brintley Winters. He is a wizard, at least in training. He looks like a human. You know, all humans look exactly the same. <laughs> so... I'm a very human human. Yes. He's very nondescript, which is very helpful when you're doing anything slightly illegal. Which, hey, you guys have all been hired for a heist. So, Kurt is the last one to join you guys. He gave you a brief description of each other, so you guys wouldn't try to kill each other when you showed up before him. But he was doing rounds around the place just to make sure no one was followed, just to make sure everything was fine. Well, hope you all got acquainted with each other. Indeed. As much as I want to get acquainted with this one, he smells slightly. Yeah, what are you talking about? He's literally got a scorpion on a stick. And I don't want to know what else is in that bag. Yeah, you won't find out either. I probably don't. Let me carry on. Quiet. So I'm going to explain the mission, and then if you guys have any questions, or as we go through this, if you have questions, just blurt out what it is. Just, Just, you know... There are stupid questions, so if you want to be hired again, just keep them intelligent. <laughs> Joe, did you just look at your intelligence score? Me. <laughs> giving him the eye. <laughs> Alright, so here is the jump. Eric Warder is one of the most influential members of high society. He's a merchant in the same way that a general is a soldier. He commands a number of fleets and a number of shops on multiple continents, but he himself rarely does any trading with anyone, unless it's a high-value item or if it's for his personal collection. He has quite the personal collection of magical items of all sorts. This is the man we are going to steal from. He is having a party tomorrow evening. I have secured all three of you spots for the waitstaff as hired help to get you in the building. Once you are inside, that is what we need to talk about. You all need to decide on how you are going to get this item and how you are going to get away. The item that we are... I'm sorry. The item that you are going to steal from me because I'm not going to. In case I didn't make that clear, I am not going to be there tomorrow. I will not see you until... Well, I will not see you again after today. I will tell you what the item... We'll, we'll get to what the item is. But his house, it's a two-story house. There's a basement. He has... It's not so much a vault as a library of items or a collector's gallery or whatever you want to call it. It's located on the first floor... It is 
semi-public. For the party, he will have the door locked and everything, but he does, let's just say he enjoys showing off his magic items and his collection, which signify his wealth. I can give you a brief description on how to get there, but I was not able to procure an accurate map of the house. So that you will have to figure out on your own. The item that I want you to get is, well, it's the size of a coffin and it's in a crate. And beyond that, you don't need to know anymore. Willa over there is going to escort it once you guys have retrieved it and will escort it to its place of, uh, to its destination. Once the three of you get it out of the house, you three will be paid for that portion of it. Willa, you will receive extra compensation for your time spent guarding the item, provided you make it there. Jarek, I don't trust you enough to go with the item, and friendly people would notice if you disappeared. Questions? Do we know anything else of what the item looks like? Besides a coffin and a crate? So it's the size of a coffin, and it's in a crate. Inside the crate is a chest. The chest is the item. The chest is also very flashy, which is why it is normally kept in a crate. From the information I have, Warder just got this in the other day and has yet to unpack it. That is why it is not on a permanent display or anything like that. The chest is the magic item, as well as holds the magic item. Do not try to open the chest. We're not going to open the crate. Maybe <clears throat> than me. You're the one asking the weird questions. I just want to know what we're trying to get. Also, one more question. Why don't you trust me? Because you're a crazy How old man. I'm not old. I'm sorry, what was the question? I got distracted by... No, oh, never mind. Where, where were we? Any other questions? Any idea how much this crate will weigh? Uh, the chest is actually fairly light. It only weighs about 15 pounds. Okay. Again, magical items and that stuff. However, it is decent size. About four foot by two foot by two foot. I guess I should have specified a, uh, a gnome or halfling coffin, but I was looking directly at you when I said it. Makes perfect sense to me. Very well. If there are no further questions for me, I shall leave and let you discuss your strategy. Here is the address. Be there right before noon. The party doesn't start till about three, but they will insist on going over etiquette. Of course. The best time to grab the item is also the worst time. It is during the party itself. His security will be spread thin, covering the entire party. However, he will pull out items to show off to his guest. So there's more traffic going to and from the gallery, if that makes sense. It does. The gallery, however, will be closed off to the general public, so it will just be him or his guards going there and back. He only wants to show off what will show him off. All right, sounds good. Uh, he leaves. So how do we want to approach this? I will leave it up to you guys if any of you have actually worked together before. 
I feel like we'd both stay the heck away from Joel's character. Pretty <laughs> dignity. So I will say this. You were hired because you're a thief. Obviously. He was hired because if you need a distraction or a guaranteed like escape plan, he I'm gonna say you have enough stuff to blow up a good size <laughs> hole in a wall if you needed to. Oh so it's gonna negate. Yes. Um, Ew. So like the 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 explosion is not something you can do like as an action yeah. or in combat. It's something you will have to take about five minutes to set up and do. But you can blow about a five, I'm going to say five foot by five foot by about a foot, like deep kind of hole, either through a wall or through a floor or ceiling, a person, whatever. You were in, you were hired, Matt, the wizard, Brentley. That's the, that's the name I totally <laughs> didn't just come up for you with words. You were hired because it's magic items, and you can, there may be magical traps, but probably not, because this is a guy who gets the stuff very often, but also distraction, escape plan, various other, you know, spells, reasons. (laughs) That's why you were hired. Basic, most simple plan is we have Joel's character. Yeah, do it in character. (laughs) If you're going to talk about it. Um, What's your character's name again? Jarek. Jarek. Well, the simplest idea is we have Jarek do what he does best and make a very large distraction. I'm sure he has something that could do that. Well, I've got some things. Then um, us two will go check out the um, his little library of magical things and make off with the chest. Sounds like a plan. We'll have some chance earlier in the day to hopefully scope out where it is and see about getting a way in. One of my spells I have is Disguise Self. So one idea is that I could, um, if there's a guard guarding, that I could relieve him and we could do it that way. That's one idea. Clean. I like that. No bodies. Because we're not trying to kill anyone. No. I say as I look at Jarek. Why are you both looking at me like that? Because you're oddly suspicious. You think I killed someone? I hope not. I don't know if you're yeah. capable. I think killing someone's probably the I think killing someone's probably the most normal thing you've done. Which is mildly horrifying. Thank you. <laughs> Kurt did tell you guys if you wanted to take other things, you could, as long as it doesn't compromise the mission. It may happen. <laughs> Not strictly planned, but it may happen. So, go in with the staff. Yes. I'll cause a distraction when you two are ready. You two go into the room, grab a thing, exit. Yes. Then I'll meet you up somewhere else. If you guys have issues leaving, then I can make a bigger exit. Sounds viable. It's a work in progress, but... Sounds like a plan. Okay. When I think of heist, I always think of just very much improvisation. So I do all my tests. <laughs> Look where it's gotten you. <laughs> okay. Planning is done. Planning sure. is done. We are planned out. Yup. Time skip. It's the next day. <laughs> Wonderful. Is there anything you guys are doing specifically before you go? I'm going to make sure to get cleaned up really well and disguise myself so I don't look like I normally do. 
Okay. I'm gonna try and find a way to look like a waiter. Okay. And have distractions on me still. Okay. Since I'm a very human human, I don't do much to look normal. Wow, that's so unusual for your for you to be a character like that. So <laughs> roll me a I wanna do like a stealth or Sleight of hand, dexterity based. I'm good with that. It's my best stat. So. Hey, roll it. <laughs> see it. how well you've hidden stuff on you. Okay. Um, or in such a way that you will have access to it while you are there. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you show up with a giant rock sack. <laughs> I have a suit on it. Yeah. So the whole back of my suit is propped up on the top of the rock sack. Yes. Um, do you need a hand on that? Sticking out there. Oh, you mean the back of my hair? Yeah, it's quite nice, I think. 23 um, sleight of hand to help him out. Okay. That's so just you get suddenly your breasts into something actually I think she basically, like, you guys go in an alley, she kind of pulls stuff out, and, like, you just had packed it with so much extra space between everything, and she just neatly fits it all in. I think because you failed, it does make it look like you have like a hump on your back or something. Just hunched back. Yeah, or you're hunched or something. It's because of middle of that. <laughs> yeah. But it, it looks... Do you have a disguise kit? No, I've got skills with one, but I don't have one. Gotcha. Then I'm going to say, he looks like he's either is very badly hunchbacked or he's got like a backpack on. <laughs> but too. Who knows which one though? But I will say, uh, Joel, I want you to choose one item that you can't take with you. I can't take with me. Yes, I think that's the, the thing. Because you did fail. Yeah. Um, really? Yes, really. <laughs> a five, a five did fail. Seed. But okay. she helped you a lot. I think there's just, like one item you can't take with you. You okay. just don't have space for it. Without um, it being obvious. I'm going to say the uh, the basket of centipedes. <laughs> okay. I think I'm good for that. Then. Okay. So you're unpacking and you pull out this thing. It's like, what is this? You lift it up a little Ugh. bit. And, you see, and I think you just kind of like set it and push it behind some boxes in the alley so he almost doesn't even realize it's not there anymore. Thank goodness. <laughs> oh, okay. So you guys approach the gate. They told you guys to dress nicely, um, but that they would provide like a white shirt for you guys to wear because they don't... Keeping a white shirt white is hard enough today with bleach, <laughs> let alone back then without... Um, so, you guys are welcome in, they get you dressed and ready, they take you into the kitchen, and they start explaining the etiquette of how things will work that night. You must not talk unless spoken to, and only then about the topic that they talked about. And if you can get by with a nod, or a yes or no, sir or madam, then do so, and please do so appropriately. Um, and they go in to detail about some of the food in case someone has a question about it, some stuff about the facilities there. So I think it's been like an hour you guys have been in this class. I want you guys to make perception checks. Three. Three. Eleven. <laughs> All right. So you're perceptive. <laughs> I think you're pretty sure you got a glimpse of... Eric Warder, the, the guy who owns this house and that you're stealing from, 
but it was so quick and you were paying attention, you were trying to blend in and pay close attention that you're not 100% sure. They take a quick break, break and then they're going to talk about cocktails and drinks. So you guys have a few minutes, you can talk to each other, you might can slip away unnoticed, or you can just keep it chill and wait. No offense to these two, but I don't really want to be seen talking to them, just like, I just don't have to be working the same job as them, not that we're like, we know each other. You all just happen to be at the same <laughs> waiting tables at the same place. Exactly. I am going to try to just slip away just for a moment and see if I can find any more information on like where we're looking at and stuff. Right. Oh, nice. 19 plus 7? Nice. Ooh, <laughs> that expertise. <laughs> it helps. Yes, you easily slip away. Like it's just about to start up again. Are you hoping to sneak away and then get back before it starts? Yes, if at all possible. Okay. Or at least to slip back in without being noticed. Okay. So one of the taller humans is basically leaning against a doorframe. Um, it's not Bradley, it's uh, just another of the, the waiters. Um, is leaning against one of the doorways and you can easily more or less just kind of step behind him and walk out without really anyone noticing. Super casual. Um, these two, with their very poor perceptions, they can try to notice you, but you got a 26 or something like that, which is basically impossible for them to see, unless they got a 20. So you easily slip out and you're pretty stealthy in the hallways themselves. Right next to the kitchen, there are stairs leading down to probably a, either a wine cellar, pantry, or general basement stuff. There are a couple guards in the hallways, but you're able to dodge them pretty easily. You do come across two sets of doors that are locked. You can spend some time and try to pop open the locks and look inside, um, or do perceptions to see if you can see through the keyhole or hear anything on the other side. I was going to say, um, I might just look and see if I can hear anything. Okay. 16? Okay. You look through the keyhole and you hear a couple, you see a couple people in there mm -hmm. and you kind of put your ear to the keyhole and you listen, you slow down your breathing so it's not as distracting and you hear two gentlemen in there. One of them seems to be like a butler and the other one seems to be more important. He's talking about specific magic items that he wants to show off. Mm -hmm. You can't see who's talking. Pretty good order. guess. Yeah. Okay, so that's a good potential for what we're looking mm -hmm. for. Okay, I'm going to slip back in. Did you want to try to look through the other door? Eh, sure, while we're there. Okay. <laughs> Just on the off chance that it's something interesting. That's a whole 11. Okay. You can see some shapes, but the lights in there are turned off, more or less. There's a little bit of light peeking through a window, but you can't really see anything in the room. Okay. I'm just going to slip back then and... <laughs> you slip back just as they're talking about the different the different wines that they will be serving. You missed about the ales and other brews that are being served. But there's a couple points where like there's a call and response to like, okay, now we're gonna say the name of this wine. I'll say it first and then you all repeat it back. It's very belittling and uh, like micromanaging, mm. but at the end of it, you're, you're all going to be 
besides their shape and size and gender, there's not they're not going to be able to tell you apart from any of the other wait- waiters. That's a good thing. We'll blend in. It's about three, and a few guests start trickling in. The more important people are going to be showing up later. There is a small band set up in the garden in the back, and they're playing. You know, they're playing some instruments and whatnot. And, and yeah. Okay. Is the master of the house at this point out and about? He's out making some small some small talk. He has not brought any magic items out or anything. And it's, it's, he'll be in a conversation for a minute or two and then go to another conversation. At one point, you lose sight of him. He may have gone somewhere else in the house or he might just be on the other side of the party. Are there any security out yet? Yes. You see a few people who are paying way too much attention to everything else to be party goers. Okay. There's no, like, they all look nice. But there's, they don't have, like, badges or... They don't have, like, a consistent uniform. No. Um, there's a few that it's just, it's evident, like, they're not even pretending to be guests or anything, but there's a few that are wandering around, and if they're talked to, they'll start talk and have a conversation, but otherwise they're just moving around the crowd, keeping an eye on everything. We will do our thing for a little bit and get a feel for where stuff is. About an hour goes by, so it's about four. They're about to serve, there's not going to be a sit-down dinner, but they're about to serve heavier doors and enough food for a dinner, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And there's certainly like a buffet style inside that you can go and you can get a good, and you can sit down at the humongous 30-person dining room table or whatever it is, and certainly have a full meal and sit down and there's a few wait staff specifically in there just for that. You guys are occasionally sit around to clean up empty cups, empty glasses, empty plates, that sort of thing, or sit around with a bottle of wine to refill for anyone, some hors d'oeuvres, general stuff like that. Every time you go back to the kitchen, you're either handed a new plate of stuff to take out or a new bottle or occasionally it'll be something very specific, like, I need you to take this over to the guest sitting over there. That kind of thing. So we're fairly supervised at this point. Relatively. I mean, when you're given just a general tray of food and whatnot, that's probably when you're the least, because you're just expected to go out until that food is gone. Once that food is gone, you come back. And are we able to get close enough to speak to one another during this? Absolutely. Okay. So think- Probably not all three of you together as a group. <laughs> that might be. Um, unless, like, there's a backup in the kitchen and you all three happen to be there. Like, you've all three completed your tasks and are back at the kitchen at the same time. Yeah, which really messages between each other. Yes. I mean, probably all three of you are, are together in a group at least once, but probably not twice as the party's going on. And as the part is going on, people aren't eating as much, so it takes longer to get rid of tray food. People are drinking more, so if you're given a beverage, like if you're given a bottle of wine, you're usually done with that pretty quickly. Fair enough. All right. Try to catch them. Say, you guys want to do this around us? I think we should wait for um, the host to make his grand appearance, because I get the feeling this guy likes to be the center of attention. True. So we do that. Our dear friend Jarek 
makes his show, and we um, get out of here once we do the job. Does that mean Jared needs to sneak away and prepare anything? Question. What is Jared planning to do? <laughs> well, planning. I'll tell you what it's not. It's not a, a basket of centipedes. Yes. It might be... You know what? It's probably going to be the green slime. Because it doesn't do damage. It just makes everything covered in green slime. Sounds like plan A. <laughs> That's really sensible, Derek. <laughs> Who are you? Don't touch my hair. Style for the skate. By styled it, it's actually combed. Relatively few lights crawling about mm-hmm. in there. It has a full layer of soot across <laughs> it, the entirety of it, <laughs> as opposed to the normal patchwork soot that you uh, can see. You can see like a little slight streaks of green from where you slick it down. So green slime. Yes. <laughs> it's very similar. Is that how you snuck the green slime in? Is it <laughs> actually all kind of in your hair? <laughs> I'm just gonna go wash my hair into the, into a jar. <laughs> You're just squeegeeing it out of your hair. <laughs> so I guess we just kind of um, keep our eyes peeled for when our gracious host makes his appearance. Okay. It's about five. We'll say dusk is about six. Okay. Um, so it's about five when he makes his grand appearance. There's suddenly a commotion and everyone is out into the garden. Um, and on the second story, there is air water on a balcony. Friends, thank you for coming to my lovely party. Um, nothing specifically we're celebrating, just celebrating that we can celebrate. I hope you all are enjoying yourself. I, for one, feel as light as a feather. In fact, I think this this wine is making me a little lightheaded. And he starts floating up off the balcony a little bit. He kind of steps like, he kind of rises up to the railing, and then he kind of, like, takes a step off of it, and just is walking through midair at this point. Well, I admire the showmanship. I think I threw up in my mouth a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, how did you do that? You can try to roll and find out if you want. <laughs> oh. I would like to do an arcana check. All right, go. Uh, 17. All right. That is most likely a ring of levitation of some kind. Basically, it allows you to levitate and control your levitation to an extent. My character looks over at Jarek and kind of gives him a knowing look, like, <laughs> like do your thing. Mm-hmm. I kind of like, I look over. I'm already here. slipping towards the door. So I go with you. So then I, how far up in the area is he? Second story, so that's about at least 10 foot off the ground. He went up at least another three because he was at the railing. So about 13. So not an uh, have range, just not an accurate shot. Yeah, probably about 13 to 15 feet okay. would be your best guess. Well, um, um, he is slowly making his way to the ground, but he's taking a long time and like showing off. Yeah. Doing it. Well, when I feel like I can get Pretty decent shot. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna chuck the uh, pot of green slime at him. Alright. Is that an attack roll of any kind? Technically, yes. Okay. Yes. Um, if it's within my range, which is a really short range. <laughs> like 5 slash 20. So it'd probably be disadvantage. Yeah. I mean, unless you're waiting until he's right over your head. In which case, there's probably splash. My hair. <laughs> you think I care? Yeah. <laughs> I want to wait till I get a good shot so it's a good distraction. Okay. Well, uh, let me put it this way. 
he's over the crowd, so if you throw it, it's gonna hit someone. Yeah, that's a fair point. I feel like yes, yeah. like the high society people are gonna mm-hmm. like freak out if somebody gets on their clothes. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Okay, yeah, we'll just do it when it's like and close. Yeah. yeah. I think you just get tired of waiting. <laughs> that's also probably accurate. Um, so that's an eight. So yeah, this pot comes. What 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 is your strength? Uh, seven. <laughs> so I think what it is is <laughs> you lob this at him, at him, aiming for his torso and whatnot. But it doesn't even like it sails right under him. Like he more or less steps on it because he couldn't get it up that high. And it shatters on some lovely snooty people. <laughs> what's the what's the thing say? So, uh, breaks on impact. Uh, target is covered in a patch of green slime. Uh, see chapter five. The oh. okay. okay. Hopefully, it doesn't kill them. But you know. <laughs> all right. I assume it doesn't. I'm okay assuming it doesn't. <laughs> um, but I will be pulling that out. Okay. Um, I mean, it hasn't killed him yet. <laughs> Maybe some brain cells. <laughs> I do have an eight intelligence and a seven strength and a seven wisdom. Uh, what what uh, page did it say? See chapter five. Five. That's all. It page says. chapter five. That's all it says. Okay, that's fine. That is adventure environments. Mm, lovely. Okay. Is this gonna actually just make a green slime? <laughs> I hope so. Uh, <laughs> some commotion. Alright, so there's a huge commotion going on. I'll figure this out as we go. But there's more than enough for you two to slip away. Yes. You guys ditch your trays in some bushes. Are you keeping the uniform? Or are you going to ditch the white shirt to something you have underneath it? Or If we have the uniforms, at least we can We've got we have an a better excuse, excuse than okay. just like we're just random people. Mm-hmm. Okay. We can say we were sent on an errand to get yeah. something. Is there anyone uh, guarding the door? Read that for me. Since you're not in the scene. Oh no. Read that. Oh no. Terrible mistake. How have I not died yet? Oh gosh. Okay, now I gotta read it, so we're just gonna take a second. Oh no. Oh god. Oh dear. Oh no. This acidic slime devours flesh, organic material. And metal on contact. Um, it's sentient. Didn't read that part. I mean, it covers a five foot square. It has blind sight out to a reach of thirty feet. So maybe not sentient, but aware of surroundings. And it will drop from the walls and ceilings when it detects movement below it. Beyond that, it has no ability to move. Creature aware of the presence can avoid being struck by it with a successful dexterity. Otherwise, the slide can't be avoided if it drops on you. Which I'm pretty sure the kind of going up and, and down. <laughs> Creature that comes in contact with the green slime takes 1d10 acid damage. The creature takes the damage again at the start of its turn until the slime is scraped off or destroyed. It was literally um, the worst thing you could have thrown. You were a terrible Sunlight, person. anything that um. cures disease, and any effect that deals cold, fire, or radiant damage destroys the patch of green slime. Yeah. So, but it's still light outside. It's dusk. It's <laughs> dusk, but it's still light. <laughs> uh, Actually, he made his... He was 
Were you guys going to wait for Dusk? Because Dusk is about six. He made his grand appearance at five. Okay. We so went still, at okay. Okay. So there's still enough light. I think it goes up. It hits people. And, like, there's patches of their hair that's dissolved. And their clothes are absolutely ruined. And maybe they have some red sores and whatnot, but not anything. Not uh, D10 damage. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you killed anyone because of this. I'll say that just because we didn't know what it did. But a few of the women that it hit definitely passed out. Or fainted. Well, that was definitely a promotion, so. I did my job! <laughs> Uh, so there, you guys left in amid screams of pain and horror and fashion faux pas. <laughs> Joel, roll me a stealth. Oh. Dexterity. Win. Nice. Not nice. nice. Uh, no one saw that it was you. Nice. Because awesome. I have to use my backup plan. I just rolled oh, a 16 two. for someone to see you. Yeah. I'm going to go alert people inside that... He needs help out here. Some mad washing her out. Yeah, I'm probably gonna go wash my hair out later. <laughs> it just it just comes off as one unit. Uh, That's why it looks so like yeah gelatinous. That's probably why you're crazy. It dripped into your brain. <laughs> the slime held all of the hair together. It just removed it from your scalp. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Um, Alright, you two slip away fairly easily. You can easily trace your way back to either of those rooms. Mm. I think I need one more stealth check. Okay. can be from either of you. Like, if you just you roll it, that's fine enough to cover both of you. Okay. Oh, nice. uh, 17 plus 7. Okay, yeah. So you guys are good. Um, there's definitely a moment where he about walks out in a hallway and you just kind of like grab the back of his shirt and pull him back and someone walks past. They don't see you, but you know, it's one of those moments where he, he literally about bumped into a guy <laughs> and you saved him. So which door were you going to first? The room that was dark and empty or the room that had people in it talking? I'm going to try for the room that had people in it okay. first. Okay. Door's still locked. Okay. You can either get straight to work, try and unlock it, or you can do a perception to see what you can tell about what's on the inside. Okay. I'm going to do a Quick perception. I'm not okay. gonna waste any time though. Yeah. No, I'm clueless. Uh you're pretty sure it's empty. Okay. I'm yeah, I'm gonna take my twenty okay. and just pick the lock. Alright. So <laughs> this is the easiest lock you have ever picked. <laughs> In fact, the reason why it looked like the room was the room is empty. The reason why the room looked so empty is because the key was stuck in from the other side. So now, you've popped that lock open, but you also have a key to this door as well. Inside this room, it looks like a study. There's a large desk with books. You can see there's another door on the other side of the room that is just closing. Someone was just in this room and walked out right as you opened the door. Is there any way we can quietly dart over and catch it before the door closes all the way? With a stealth or sleight of hand. Okay. Twelve stealth? I got a nine. Okay. Nice. You manage to get over there and um, you keep it closing by just barely getting a foot in place so that it can't latch. 
Okay. The door looks like it's closed, but it's not latched. You either need to do something kind of like stick something in the door to keep mm-hmm. it from latching or stay just like that. Okay. I'm just going to stay there for a sec and listen to see if they're still in the other room. I'm right. assuming that the room that we're in doesn't have any of what we're looking for. Not unless what you're looking for is books. Okay. Meanwhile, outside. So you've gotten Scott clean. They've managed to scrape all of the slime and whatnot. Um, some of those guests have left. A few of the higher profile people have also left. And the people who are guards that were wandering around the party are now searching around, seeing if they can find any reason of why this happened or who did it. The bards on stage, you hear like you're walking past and every single string on one of their lutes breaks Mm -hmm. all at once, which causes all of them to kind of stop and look at it. But then they keep playing while that that guy goes and starts replacing strings or just grabs another loop. Are you still doing your cover as waiter? I'm going to try and make my way like out if possible, like without being mm-hmm. really detected. But I'm still trying to keep the cover as much as possible. Gotcha. This would be a stealth check unless there's something else you're doing that would make it not a stealth check, if that makes sense. Yeah. I... Stealth slide hand, same for me, so. Nice. Well, that's a, that's a, that one! <laughs> Alright, so I think with that, you're about. Like, are you just trying to get away from the party but stay there or get out of the. Eventually get out of the place and meet up with them. With that. Okay. Eventually. Um, I think, like, you're trying to sneak around. Like, you were kind of using the bars as a little bit of cover to try to, like, sneak kind of behind them, ditch the tray and whatnot, and then try to go through the bushes in such a way that people wouldn't notice you. I think because that bard went backstage to change his strings and whatnot, he sees you about to, like, go into a bush. He's like, hey, what what are you doing? Nothing, what are you doing? Replacing the strings on my loop? I'm just doing my job. You're a waiter. Yeah. Wine bottle roll under through the bushes. Oh. Go get it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Do you just go and go on your way? Yep. Okay. Alrighty. <laughs> so that happened. <laughs> you are listening. Yes. Okay. Super intently with the six perception. Can I listen as well? Yeah. Okay. With a three. <laughs> um, I think there's a window in this room that the curtains are drawn, but it kind of looks out over the patio and the garden and all of the noise and racket from out there is making it a little too hard to hear in here. Okay. You want to try slipping in there, see what we can find? Yeah, let's do it. Going to gradually okay. ease the door open and uh, see if we see anything around it. Stealth and perception. Okay. I will only require her to roll stealth. Not well, twenty for my stealth. What? Not twenty for my stealth. Nice. You easily open the door without it causing any noise or without anyone noticing it. And then <laughs> <laughs> That's never happening again. Not twenty for my perception too. All nice. right. Do I even need to roll? <laughs> nope. Oh, cool. 
I, I just want to make a note of this roll. Two twenties in a roll. Never happening again. Your dice are being very nice to you tonight. Well, they were being evil earlier, so. Hey, at least they're being nice on your adventure. This is true. Yeah. The other side of this door, it's a hallway, but it's not decorated. It's very utilitarian. Like it's it is a hallway. There's no pictures or statues in it. You would guess this is like a servant's entrance into the room, like a servant's hallway where they could get from room to room without having to be in the main hallways mm-hmm. or be seen by different people. There's no sign of the person that went through here. I think you would have definitely given them enough time to not be standing right behind the door, and in giving that amount of time, they walked out of sight, um, or run, or skipped, or danced, or whatever. Yeah. You couldn't hear. So, you're pretty sure with a little bit of luck and a little bit of either probably survival for tracking or something, or you tell me what, maybe inside even, uh, you could find your way around the house easily in, in these back corridors. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go for insight and try to find the direction to go to the other room okay. that was locked. See if I can find that. That's a six. You are sure of your direction. You get to a, a pretty plain looking door and you, you're pretty sure that this is it. There is a lot of noise coming from the other side of it though. Okay. Um, I'm going to stealthily try to peek through the door. Um, that's an 18. Uh, this is the kitchen. Closing it really quickly. No one saw you. (laughs) Well, no one saw you. You are completely turned around in here. Okay. You want to give this a try? See if you can figure out where we're going? Okay. Um, I didn't really go adventure. He doesn't know exactly where you were supposed to be. I could do an arcana check to see where I'm getting, like, the most magic. You could. Eight. You get a very strong sense, but it's kind of through a wall. Like, from the way she described it, and these back hallways, there are turns and whatnot, is it's that general direction, and you could probably start taking paths over in that direction, mm-hmm. but there's no, like, okay, we gotta go turn here, turn here, turn there, turn there, and that's it. That kind of thing. Okay. I'm going to take a moment and try to see if I can refigure and get my head turned around. Okay. That is a 15 insight check. I will let you get back to the study door. Okay. And you can try again from there. Okay. But I don't think that's enough. To get failed once, I don't think succeeding once is enough to get you there. Fair enough. Okay, I'm going to try one more time. If we can't get it this way, we'll go back Mm -hmm. in the hall. Okay. Uh, that's an 11. So you wander, or like you walk, you're pretty sure you're at it, but there's no door. Mm. Like you're pretty sure it should be here, but there's no door to (laughs) it. Could I do an arcana check for where she's pretty sure it is? Mm -hmm. Okay. some of the wines so you're getting a tingling sensation which normally means there's magic but it might also mean you're drunk 
But I don't think it's enough to like affect you in any way, except for you can't determine the magic right now. Can I touch the wall? Sure. Okay. I touch the wall, see if it feels any... Has any non-wall properties. It feels like a wall. <laughs> non-wall properties. Okay, this is getting us nowhere. You want to go back around and try from the actual door? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. I don't know how long that green slime will uh, <laughs> True. Uh, you guys easily make it back into the study. Give me a perception check on the hallway. The, the outside hallway. Yeah. Main hallway. Okay, 11. 15. Okay. You see a guard turn down the hallway by you guys. You just have to wait, like, a, a, give him a couple minutes, but you easily make it. All right. Let's go to the second door, try it, see if it's actually locked. Uh, it is locked. It is locked. Okay, I'm going to try to pick it. Unless you want to perceive inside it first. That's a 17. Okay. You start messing with the lock, and it clicks open, but you get a very brief kind of something sprays in your face. Does it hurt? Does it do anything? You got it unlocked, but triggered something. Yeah. Does it have a smell? No. No? Okay. Yeah. We'll deal with that later. Hopefully it doesn't, <laughs> hopefully it doesn't bite us in the I'm sure you're not that that. Okay. Yeah. For now, let's get in the room. See what we can find. So there's a few candles, torches lit in here. It's not enough for if anyone from the party was going to be in here, mm-hmm. but it's enough if you were coming in and out of this room to get things. Okay. There's a few freestanding pedestals in here that have some items in them. There's a couple that are open. The items are removed. There's a few boxes and chests lining the outside of the room. Okay. I'm going to require an investigation to find this crate. So among the crates. Is that intelligence? That is intelligence. Uh, 29. Good job. So you think you find it, but he definitely found it. <laughs> it's It's got a few arcane symbols on it um, that help you identify it. Okay. It's just, it's stuff like chest, travel, a few things like that. Nothing much more than that. And it's about four foot by two foot by two foot. There we go. Um, While we're here, is there anything else small and pocketable? That gave me a perception check to look around. Uh, 19? There is, in one of the cases, you see a miniature boat. It's about a foot long and in various directions. Um, it's a two-mast sailing ship. There is a book that looks so old, the cover's kind of worn away, and you can't read anything on it. And then there's there's numerous chests around that you can try opening and seeing, and there's other crates and whatnot. One of the pedestals is obviously, there's a ring box with nothing in it. It's probably that ring of levitation. Other than that, what did you get? Uh, 19. Okay. There is a, like a chain-bound chest up at the front of the room, you know, but stashed among all the open stuff, there's a a chain-bound chest. Okay. I am going to grab the book, and then we should probably grab the chest and get out of here. I'm not feeling very greedy. I just want to get it and go. (laughs) All right. Roll me a dex check. Just for... Just for fun. Uh, Eight... Uh, there's another little oh. from the uh, the pedestal <laughs> of the book. 
So you're trying to steal clothes from a clothing store or something. <laughs> no, any negative effects <clears throat> immediately? Okay, well, again, we'll deal with that later. We should go. <laughs> Amen. Alrighty. How? Um, yes. Uh, so how does the chest look? Like, is it kind of flashy, ornate? Or... It is currently in a plain wooden crate. Plain wooden crate. One year that you would use to, sh- like, if you were going to ship something overseas or whatnot, or just move anything large in this time period, you do it in a crate, a wooden crate. Okay. Could I use um, press digitation to make the crate look a bit more unfamiliar to, to, to our host? Um, maybe? <laughs> he wouldn't recognize it right away. Yeah, probably not. It's a wine crate. We're just taking it for the party. Could I make it the wood like a different type of wood? Like it? Uh, like, digitation. You can create a harmless sensory effect, flower, faint music notes, odor, uh, snuff out small lights, clean or soil an object no bigger than one cubic foot, chill or warm up to one cubic foot of non-living material. You can make a color, a small mark, or symbol appear on an object or surface for one hour, or you can make an illusionary trinket. So not a lot of wiggle room in that? Well, nothing as large as a four-foot by two-foot by two-foot tall crate. You could mark it with a seal or something, make it distracting. Put on, this is not a box. (laughs) I mean, you can. You got me crazy. Yes, Batman. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to extend the mental energy if we come. If someone questions us, we will just... uh, Liar butts off. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Let's go. Where are you going? Um. <laughs> <laughs> you going back to the party with these bots? Let's see if we can exit through the basement. You said there was a basement, right? Okay. Okay. The steps are near the kitchen. Okay. okay. So we know where that is. Mm-hmm. We should try to catch it between people, though. Okay. Okay, we're going to get some stuff checks. 18. Nice. 25. Nice. Uh, you guys are super stealthy and no one sees you go down in the basement. Regardless of the big box. <laughs> so... What's Jared doing? <laughs> probably now that he's escaped. <laughs> yep. Um, Air quotes. Probably uh, getting out of the uniform. Okay. Uh, and off the property so I don't look like... So you left the property entirely? As much as I can, yeah. Okay. I'm going to try and just like go off somewhere where they aren't until I can meet up with them wherever we discuss. <laughs> Thanks, Jared. I did my job. <laughs> so I was frustrated too. I don't, know. I don't know what you guys are doing. <laughs> I think um, a guard stops you. Okay. It's like, whoa, 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 what are you doing? You can't quit now? I already did. But the... Give me the shirt, the white shirt back. Okay, no problem. Get out of here. Okay. And he'll he'll make sure you leave at that point. No problem. It's my smell a little weird. Oh, I never do. Just right. go. Just okay. go. Okay. <laughs> you know you're not gonna get paid, right? You yeah. Get paid this much. Good. All right. He's, so he's gone. <laughs> you guys are in the basement. Is there any such thing as an exit from here? There are some ground floor like windows. Okay. So the basement, like, there's a pretty good sized wine cellar and a decent pantry down there, as well as a few rooms. The pantry has 
it basically it has like the outside cellar doors that open mm -hmm. for deliveries and whatnot. They can just deliver the food right on in. Um, it is locked from the inside where you guys are, fortunately. But you have not scoped around the building enough mm -hmm. to know if what is on the other side of that. You can make an estimated guess based on the layout and at least know like what side of the house you're coming out on. But you have no idea like how well it's guarded or anything mm -hmm. like that. That's in the pantry. I think there's no exits on the in the mm -hmm. wine cellar. The other doors you'd have to go explore. Good. I'm gonna just listen at the pantry doors and okay. see if we hear anything. That's a nine perception. I think you hear. I mean, like you can still hear some of the party mm -hmm. and still hear the kitchen coming down the steps. Yeah. There's not really a door between the kitchen down the steps and the pantry because people come up and through there so often. But you're pretty sure there's nothing on the other side. Can I take a look out the windows, see if there's any one? There aren't windows. I thought you said there were windows. No. You did before, but then you backtracked. Okay. Windows disappeared. Whoa! <laughs> I'm going to say, I mean, because it doesn't... Windows in a pantry don't really make sense. And I don't think, I mean, in the time period, you wouldn't put, you wouldn't spend the money on glass yeah. to... In your basement. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We'll just try the door. So roll me a self check to not be noticed going out. <laughs> I just need one of you to succeed. Okay, 19. Yeah. He starts to just push the doors wide open, but you stop him. <laughs> and you slowly open one, peek out it, and then you slowly open the other one and peek out. And then you, you open just one and just enough to get the, the crate out and yourselves out. You guys are kind of on the side of the house. There's a small driveway road sort of thing leading up to the house that's not visible from the front or the rear section of the house. Um, there's some large hedges because just some hedges just to hide, you know, you silly little deliverers and servants and whatnot. I don't want to see anything kind of mentality. Um, yeah, so you guys can walk away. Okay. Let's do it as stealthily as we can and mm -hmm. as quickly as we can. Okay. What plans have you made to leave the city? I have not planned that far. So there are there are three ways to leave the city of Freeport. You can take a boat, you can travel across land, or you can take a portal through the elemental wilderness. It's That is more expensive, mm -hmm. but safer because there is no sea travel involved. You are supposed to deliver this to the human capital of okay. Hightower. Okay. You have the name of your contact there, but you're supposed to travel with it all the way there. Okay. You've been given plenty of money to cover whatever travel arrangements you want to take because they trust you to know what you're doing when escorting something and what will be the safest. On top of that, this point in time, you have 250 gold for this. Okay. With a promised 500 more upon delivery. All right. How much would it cost to take an elemental portal? It's basically twice the price of taking a boat. Okay. It's sort of dependent on where you're going to, but not as much. At one point, I had all of that figured out, and I don't know what I did with it. <laughs> if you told Kurt... That that is how you wanted to travel. Mm -hmm. He would have made sure you had enough money okay. to do that. So that would probably be what we would prefer. Okay. It'd be fast. It would be clean. 
efficient and relatively safe if he's wanting to keep this protected. Yeah. Sounds good. I'll probably do that then and just go to Kingsland and travel by land from there. Yeah. Brentley helps you get it on more or less like a small wagon or some something so you can move it by yourself. I can't carry it by myself. Yeah. I mean, it is taller than you, probably. <laughs> and while it only weighs 15 pounds... Super awkward. Well, okay, no. The item weighs 15 pounds. You got a wooden crate, so it's probably about 30, 45 pounds. Yeah. We'll say 45 pounds for the crate and everything. 30 pound crate? Yeah. Maybe. Close enough. Close enough. I would pile something innocuous <laughs> to trade on top of it. Yes. Which we can figure that out later. Yeah. So, in Freeport, there is. It's towards the center of town, but still close to the docks where the shipments and whatnot come in. Because it's used both for travel and for the movement of goods. Because while it does cost more, it is technically safer. Okay. You... If I can't find a tournament, I'm just going <laughs> to mix stuff up and build a cannon. I like it. I'm going to build a cannon. <laughs> is that how she got to King's <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes. option? I guess. That really bothers me because I know I wrote stuff, but I have no like I, I did spend a little bit of time looking for it the other uh, day and I could not find it. Oh, that's maddening. Yeah. Nope. Um. Okay. I think it might be safe locally on my desktop upstairs. Maybe. Okay. So portal is not like a standing doorway. Um, it is a large, almost like a glass circle that you stand on. And they usher people up. If there's a wagon, they put the wagon on with uh, whoever owns it. And then there's a brief flash of light as they disappear. It almost seems like the light gets sucked down into this. It's a dark blue um, when you really look at it. It's almost, it almost looks like it's black. But in the right light, you can catch the blue glint off of it. They're not checking everyone's bags or anything. They are checking, like, carts and whatnot. So you easily get this through customs for more or less. And you get up on the platform, and it almost feels like you're being plunged into water when the light hits you. And all of a sudden, you are standing on another glass circle. This one is a deep brown. And you're standing on the edge of a large, I'm not sure if it's a lake or an ocean. There's a long pier going about 200 feet to the local land. Okay. Um, there's a few buildings there. You're greeted by a blast of hot air. It is summer here, like the intense heat of August, where there's not a cloud in the sky. The sky is a very, very deep blue, more vivid than anything else you've seen. On the shore, there are some buildings. There are also extremely tall trees everywhere. Like, you are a halfling, but to a human, they would feel like a halfling to these trees. They are giant. It would take three or four people to hold hands and circle one of the smallest trees. Um, there is a clearly laid road leading out of this small... It's not a village. There's not enough houses. It's more like a... It's an area for the people around here to to rest and whatnot. There's a place with food. There's a place with um, 
So the way this works is that the Eladrin of the Elemental Wilderness and the other denizens there finally opened up their doors as a way to cross from one point on the prime plane on Loam to another point on Loam because it is roughly one quarter of the distance when travel through the Elemental Wilderness. Um, there's some other tricky things with it, but there's stuff that we would go into if you guys were playing any of those races, because you would know it, mostly. But none of you are, and the Eladrin keep it very close to their chest. So the way it works is they have guides that will take you as a group from one portal to the next. Okay. It is safe to travel through the, the Elemental Wilderness as long as you stick to the paths. If you go off the paths, it is dangerous as all can be. And you're not 100% sure if you that's because the Eladrin have made like packs or agreements with stuff there in the wilderness, or if it's something like the roads are protected. But you get grouped with a group of about seven others, mostly humans. There's a dwarf and a tiefling in there. But you guys are headed to the Kingsland portal. It takes you a few days because you are walking. Mm-hmm. When it gets starts, sun starts to set, they they literally have like small areas to camp, positioned at a day's walk, more or less. They've got food you can buy for the travel. They don't give you the food, but um, at that original starting area, they sell you food and everything you would need for the travel stuff. Like your higher class people or just. Your people who haven't traveled before haven't thought about needing. Or people who've only traveled by boats where literally they give you a bed. It's about the the second day of your journey. Um, roll me a constitution save. Oh, I can re-roll that. I'm a halfling. I rolled a nat one. Oh, that's a little better. I rolled a three, which gives me a four. I need a new die this evening. <laughs> All right, so about the, the second day in, you start hearing rain. And if you look up at the sky, the sky has started getting darker. These are the first real clouds you've seen. Everything else has been like the very thin, wispy clouds up until this point. The guide that is with you quickly gets you all together, and he pulls out a small gemstone and activates it. Uh, try rolling me an arcana check. Okay. I might know something. You might. Seven? Okay. This is definitely magic. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely important that you stay close to it. Okay. I, um, I'm gonna get as close to the center of the yeah. group as I can. <laughs> he doesn't really explain it, but he tells you to keep close. And then you start seeing the rain. And it's raining in droplets about the size of a halfling. These are That's giant terrifying. droplets. Yes, the drops of water. One lands right on top of you guys, but you see a brief flash of, um, like, a violet energy. Um, actually, probably not violet. I actually have this. Give me one second. <laughs> it is a blue burst of energy. That should not have been that difficult. <laughs> um, a blue burst of energy, and... The water just cascades around you guys, and not a single one of you gets wet. He slowly holds the crystal and tells you guys to keep tight with him, but you keep walking. Basically a magical umbrella. (laughs) 
um, but it's also pushing water off of the ground in front of you so mm -hmm. no one can slip. That's helpful. Yes. I want um, one. <laughs> especially when there are raindrops the size of you. Yes. And they start coming down in pretty, uh, like, it's, it is a downpour. Like, to a point, none of you can really talk because it is so loud. But because of that gemstone creating this, this shield, you guys can walk and not even your feet get wet. By the time, like, it's pouring the most, there's literally, it's, you guys are just in a blue dome because it's putting out so much magical energy just because of such a downpour. And for all you can tell, this road might have actually flooded and you guys are walking under water at this point. But you can't tell for certain. Unless you want to try to roll another Arcana check, but... I think I'm not seven. looking. I'm yeah. not looking. <laughs> you like grab hold I'm like of in the middle of everybody <laughs> holding on to somebody. Um, you continue on and it's not too long until... Um, like it's, a, it's another few days, but you get to the portal. Um, and it just rained for, like, that one evening. It stopped before you guys stopped for camp. And it didn't slow you guys down much either. Um, you may have traveled, like, an extra hour to get to the place where you're camping at. Just because with people huddled up like that, they move it's slower. inconvenient. But you eventually make it to, um, there's the trees. They don't get smaller, but they start thinning out. And eventually you're walking through a very tall grassland. The grass is also very large. It's almost like you've been shrunken down even more than being a half. The grass is kept at a level that elves can definitely see over the top of it. You, not so much. Not so much. Uh, but you do crest a hill where there's not much grass. Um, and it's actually kind of cleared out. And you can see another pier going off into... Ocean? Lake? You're not 100%. It's, it's large enough to be an ocean, and you see you see a tiny bit of land off on one side, but it might just be an island. Actually, no, you see no land at all. Okay. My bad. No, you definitely see a little bit of land. Sorry. The way mechanics work yeah. that you build in your head? Yeah. Curse me and all of my world building. <laughs> you see a very small amount of land way off in the distance, and if it was even a little bit cloudy, you probably wouldn't have seen that. But you guys descend the hill, there's a few more buildings, there's a place to return, like if you've borrowed packs or um, sleeping bags or bedrolls or whatever, there's a place to return those. But you all head out on this long pier. Again, it's about 200 feet off of the land. There's another large brown circle that you guys stand on. This time it's almost like having water dumped on your head, the feeling. It's like you're being pushed down, whereas when you came here, it's like you were being pulled up almost. Um, and you find yourself in a well-kept grove of normal-sized trees. Um, there's the deep blue circle underneath you, um, and there's a few elves around, but there's also a few human clerics. Um, you are in Kingsland. Sweet. Then I think that will wrap your story here. Cool. Yay, Heather. Yay. Yay. We survived. <laughs> Assuming we survived. I haven't died no. of whatever I got <laughs> sprayed with yet. <laughs> uh, 
I hope you enjoyed this bonus episode in Willa Session Zero. Now, you may have noticed that this session ended with Willa arriving in Kingsland. However, in our first episode, she is still in the Elemental Wilderness when she goes into the Champion's Trial. This was just a little bit of retconning that made the most sense so that they would all arrive in Kingsland at the same point in time, as opposed to her arriving there early and having to find a room or anything like that. It works out best, and if I hadn't said anything, I bet none of you would have really noticed. We'll be back next week with Episode 7 of our main campaign, and then the next week will be Mod Session Zero. As always, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Legends of Loam. You can email us at thelegendsofloam at gmail.com, or you can find all those links and more at thelegendsofloam.com. And hey, thank you for listening.